Well, if you're new with us this morning, you have joined us in the middle of a new series that we've begun uh, entitled The Counselor. And we're looking at uh, questions uh, Jesus asked people who were under um, in crisis, uh, in distress. And uh, I trust that uh, God will encourage you in this uh, passage of Scripture this morning. We are in Matthew chapter 9 this morning. Uh, last week we were looking at uh, the disciples who were in the storm and Jesus was in the boat uh, sleeping uh, during that event. And um, the disciples were were concerned. Jesus wasn't waking up and uh, they were concerned. You know, Jesus, don't you care about us that we're perishing? And uh, Jesus uh, just asked the question, why are you so afraid? We looked at the, the purpose. Uh, we looked at um, what to remember when we face a storm last week. Uh, number one, we need to remember that Jesus is in the storm with us. If you're a child of God, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, Jesus is in your boat. And uh, he may not calm the storm on the outside quite yet, but he wants to calm the storm that's raging in your heart. But Jesus' presence is with you. And not only is his presence with you, but uh, the second thing that we need to remember is that uh, God has a purpose uh, for that storm. He uses every storm that we go through. And so this morning, we are looking at uh, Matthew chapter 9, and the video uh, introduced a bit of the background for us this morning. Jesus is in Galilee, and uh, Jesus has healed Jairus' daughter, and there are two men who have uh, are blind. We don't know how long that they've been blind, but um, they've heard about Jesus. Jesus has a reputation. And they're excited about the fact that Jesus is near them. He's in, in their, in their neighborhood. And so, uh, they wait for Jesus to, uh, leave Jairus' house, having heard that, uh, that Jesus raised this little girl, uh, from the dead. And so, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 30, the Bible says this. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he had entered the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you, and their eyes were open. Jesus asked the question, do you believe that I am able to do this? Though they couldn't see, they believed that Jesus could heal them. Um, these guys had faith. They were convinced beyond a shadow of doubt that Jesus could cause them to see again. And they were 
desperate for Jesus to do this. The Bible says that uh, the men cried out. They were crying aloud, have mercy on us, son of David. That that Greek word for the word cry, um, that's an intense cry. It's the kind of cry that you hear in delivery rooms of hospitals. Have you ever heard that kind of cry before? I've heard it on four separate occasions. Now it wasn't from Susan, okay? She she pretty did pretty good at not at not screaming. She let everybody else scream for her. But that is an intense cry and that's how desperate these men were to get Jesus's attention. Son of David, have mercy on us. And so here we see Jesus, they come into this, this house, they follow after Jesus, they come into this house, and Jesus asks this question. And then Jesus says this, according to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were open. These were men who had faith. But you know, there's, there's many in our generation, in our world today, who had great faith too. That, but they didn't experience the miracle that these two blind men experienced. And they've walked away from the faith, disappointed, disillusioned as to what God didn't do. Or there are people who've been chastised by their faith. Maybe you've received comments, you know, if you just had more faith, Jesus would have done this in your life. And if you're there or if you've been through this yourself, uh, I hope that this this text encourages you this morning. You know, why doesn't Jesus do do a healing for everybody? like he did for these two individuals. Why isn't it that when we pray and ask God to do something miraculous in our lives, he doesn't always do it. You know, if Jesus responded every time we asked him something, we would be rather spoiled children of God. Amen? You know, Someone once said, you know, God doesn't have any, God, God may have many rebellious children, but he doesn't have any spoiled children. And there's times when he doesn't work in our life, but he calls us, he wants us to continue to trust him. He wants us to be people of faith. You know, if, if, if he responded to our every whim, answered our every whim, uh, we would have a lot. We would take him for granted a lot. And we wouldn't be people of faith. Jesus wants us to be people of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 9 this morning, and then we're also going to be in Hebrews chapter 11. So you may want to turn there. But Hebrews eleven six says that without faith, is that it is impossible to please God. 
without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, if I were God, I wouldn't have said that. I, I would have said, without reading God's word, it's impossible to please, please him. Or I would have said, without, without tithing, it would be impossible to please him. Or without going to church, it would be impossible to please him. But, but the word says, without faith, it's impossible to please. He wants us to live by faith. So this morning, I want to, I want to answer, ask the question or answer the question, what kind of faith pleases God? What are we talking about? What kind of faith pleases God? And so we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 9 and Hebrews chapter 11. The first thing that we see about faith that pleases God in this passage of scripture is that it's a faith that believes when it doesn't see. A faith that believes when it doesn't see. Matthew chapter 9, verse 28, when he had entered the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. They couldn't see, but they believed that Jesus could do this. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of of things not seen. That's a great definition of faith. You can't see it, but you know it to be true. What is it? What are we to believe in our faith? Believe what? Believe that God is real. That God is here. And that we can know him. These guys believed that Jesus was the real deal, even though they couldn't see him. And they knew that Jesus could heal them. And Jesus did it. Jesus said, according to your faith, I will do this. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, well, pastor, good for them. You know, they were in the presence of Jesus, the son of David, the Messiah, the God in the living flesh. But that's not my situation. Jesus isn't here with me today. And I, I can't believe like those guys believed. Well, let's go to... Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Um, the context of Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, the author of Hebrews, he's writing to Christians who are suffering for their faith. Now, we're not sure when this, uh, this letter was written, but it was most likely written before 70 A.D., and so it's probably probably been 20 or 30 years uh, or 40 years following the resurrection. 
and uh, Christian Christianity is spreading throughout all Asia. But no one, you know, a lot of people are unhappy with the people of the way. And if you read uh, Hebrews chapter 10, um, you'll get... Uh, get an idea of the consequences people are experiencing uh, for their faith. And so the writer of Hebrews is encouraging people who are struggling in their faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. The author says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. A faith that pleases God is a faith that believes even though you cannot see. You must believe that God exists. For these two blind men, they knew that Jesus was God, that he was the son of David. He was the long-anticipated Messiah. But here the, the Christians, 20, 40 years later, they don't have that same kind of confidence. And what the author is saying as he spells out those who have lived a life of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, that he is the same God that did all these things in the, in the Old Testament. He is the same God that you've heard about uh, in the Gospels, the, the oral stories of who, what, who Jesus is and what he did. He is the same God who exists today in your presence. Again, the author says, For whoever draws near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So if you're struggling this morning, God doesn't seem to be coming through or you, you're kind of vacillating in your faith. You need to have a faith that believes. Even though you can't see, even though in, nothing is changing at the moment, you need a faith that believes that God exists and that you can trust him. That's a faith that pleases God. There was a story in, um, from World War II when the Germans were bombing London. Uh, there was a, a dad with his son. And uh, his dad was fr- frantic to uh, find refuge for his son. And uh, as they, they were running... Uh, Dad jumped into a a hole, a a crater that had been created by a bomb to try to find some protection at the the moment. And things were intense and there was smoke and the dad jumped into the hole. And then dad looked up at the son. He said, son, jump. I'm here to catch you. 
And the son cried out, but dad, I can't see you. And dad, and dad said, that's okay, son. You might not be able to see me, but I can see you. Jump. And that's what God is asking us to do for you to do. You may not be able to see God in your circumstances right now. But God wants you to have a faith that believes that he is there, that he exists, and that you can trust him. So that's the first um, type of faith that pleases God. The second kind of faith that pleases him, honors him, is this. A faith that persists when nothing changes. A faith that persists when nothing changes. Here these two blind guys were outside waiting for Jesus to pass by. Here comes Jesus and they're crying, Jesus, have mercy on us. And the text doesn't tell us that Jesus stopped right there in their midst. No, he kept walking. And he entered a house. And the text says that these two blind guys followed Jesus into this house. And it was there that Jesus uh, answered their plea. But as they were pleading, nothing was changing. Jesus continued to walk right on by. And maybe that's happening in your life these days. You know, you're you're believing God for a miracle, but nothing is changing. From this text, from these two blind men, they persisted. You want a faith that honors God, that pleases him? We need to have a faith that continues to persist. Follows after him. Look at Hebrews at eleven six once again. And without faith is it impossible it is impossible to please him for whoever whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. My friends, you need to continue to pursue God, you need to continue to persist in your faith. Believe that he exists and come to him. Seek him, even though nothing is changing. Look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. It's in your handout. The Bible says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Keep persisting. Keep praying. Be watchful with thanksgiving. Don't let your circumstances get the best of you. You keep giving it to the Lord. You keep pursuing him and have an attitude, a heart of thanksgiving. You know, I try to have an attitude of thanksgiving when uh, out there on the lake in my boat 
after five or six hours and I haven't caught a thing. I keep saying, thank you, Lord, for what I'm about to receive. (laughs) And sometimes I catch something and sometimes I don't. But God wants me to have a thankful heart, you know, and I just use that for, for fishing. But but we need to be people of prayer. Keep um, keep pursuing him and not give up. I remember when Trevor was about three years old. It was a harvest festival. And uh, at our harvest festival, we had um, miniature, miniature ponies, a pony ride. And, uh, you know, I was kind of in charge of Harvest Festival, so I hadn't been been able to be around uh, Susan and the kids uh, a whole lot. But uh, Trevor really wanted to ride the ponies. And uh, Susan couldn't keep track of all the kids, and so uh, she brought Trevor over to me because Trevor wanted to tell me something. So I was holding Trevor in my arms, and I was talking to other people, and Trevor was trying to get my attention. And, uh, and I just continued with other conversations. Then finally, Tr- Trevor took his little hands, put them on my cheeks, squeezed my cheeks, and made me look at him in the eyes and say, Pony daddies. Or he's told me, Daddy, ponies, ponies, Daddy, ponies. And I got the message. I needed to get him to the pony ride. That's a faith that persists. And that's the kind of faith that we need to display to our Heavenly Father. We keep pursuing Him. And in our pursuit of Him, praise God, sometimes... God supernaturally delivers. He supernaturally provides because of our faith. But then there are other opportunities in our faith that he doesn't deliver, but he does help you to endure. And again, that goes back to the purpose that God has in the difficulty that we're going through, our storm. There was a um, there was a gal who was uh, had gone through a divorce, and she approached her pastor one day. This was uh, five years after the fact, and, uh, and she had been praying for her um, for ex husband for those five years, and uh, she approached her pastor and, and uh, she said, "Well, pastor, uh, my ex husband got married yesterday." He didn't answer my prayer. The pastor looked at her and he said, well, do you feel like you've wasted your time all those years in in praying that God would restore your marriage relationship? She said, absolutely not. God is more real to me today because I had pursued him all those years. I've experienced more about God in him not answering that prayer, and I, I'm not disappointed. God has been faithful in my life. My friend, keep persisting. God is going to use that delay 
in your life for his purposes. There are some people in our service that uh, you're single. And you long to be married. And you're looking at others around you and uh, they seem to, to find a relationship. And yet you are still waiting. My encouragement to you is keep pursuing him. That Mr. or Miss Wright may come along tomorrow. It may come along 30 years from now. I don't know. But you keep pursuing him. Susan and I have a, a, a friend that uh, <clears throat> we went to college with. And uh, she longed to be married. But she went 10 years, 20 years, 30 plus years before Mr. Wright came along. But during that, during that waiting, Jesus had become her husband. She had become content in who she was and who she was in Christ. But through that contentment, through pursuing him, guess what? Mr. Wright came along in her life. She was maybe 53 years old when she got married. And my, was it an event in the church I was from. Don't give up. Keep praying. And have a heart of thanksgiving that that says, Thank you, Lord, for what I'm about to receive. A faith that honors God is a faith that believes when you can't see. A faith that is persistent even when things are not changing or maybe even when things get worse. Which brings us to point number three. A faith that, a faith that honors the Lord is a faith that works when it doesn't make sense. For the blind men, they worked. They continued to pursue the Lord. They knew Jesus could heal. And their faith, they put feet to their faith and they followed Jesus until Jesus answered their plea. And they were healed. And they were rewarded for their faith. And if you read Hebrews chapter 11, you know the stories of uh, the Old Testament saints and the supernatural things that God did because people chose to believe. They chose to exercise their faith. God wants us to display our faith. He wants our faith to work. He wants us to put feet to our faith even when it doesn't make sense. And God rewarded many in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, 
the interesting thing about Hebrews chapter 11, none of these saints were perfect. You know, if you know the story of their lives, they made a lot of mistakes. Abraham, he was the father of faith, but Abraham wasn't perfect. Abraham made a lot of mistakes. But what I find so encouraging about Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 doesn't talk about all the mishaps, all the failures, all the shortcomings in Abraham's life. No, it's just a highlight reel of the mountaintop experiences. And those are the things that God remembers. No, there's an enemy out there who wants to condemn you, to make you feel as uh, at your absolute worst. He's the, the accuser of the brethren. But that's not our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father doesn't remember all of your lack of faith and what you tried to do on your own without trusting God. God's got to remember the times where you have trusted him and how he rewarded you in that faith. James chapter 2, verse 22 says, You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. In God's delays, and even when circumstances might be getting more difficult. A faith that pleases God is a faith that works. That you keep pursuing him. You keep living a life of obedience to him. You keep drawing near to God because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, those who draw near to him He is going to reward them. Great will be their reward. So my question to you this morning, are you still willing to exercise faith when things get worse? Because that's what happened in Hebrews chapter 11. Okay, you read Hebrews chapter 11, um, verses 7 through 35. God did some rather incredible things. And people's faith was rewarded. But that wasn't the scenario for everyone. Look at verse 35, beginning with verse um, the last part of verse 35. Well, let me read first part of 35. Women receive back their dead by resurrection. That's a good thing. That's a big reward. God came through. But then it changes. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. This is a faith that's working when it doesn't make sense. Others suffered mocking and flocking and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. 
They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us. These were saints who had a faith that worked when it made absolutely no sense. That's a faith that honors God, that pleases God. That That's a faith that believes regardless of the circumstances. And so, and, and the author of Hebrews is writing to people who are suffering, who are being persecuted for their faith. And this is 20 or 30 years after the fact, after the resurrection of Jesus. But things don't change today. Just as God was God back in the Old Testament and in the Gospels and the New Testament, that same God is to be believed today. And I can't help but think that Christians living in the Middle East today are experiencing the very same things that those in this text we're experiencing. I think we have a, a few pictures we can put on the screen. But people, because of their faith, churches have been destroyed in the Middle East. Let's go to the next picture. People, Christians, have lost their lives uh, for their faith. The next picture. People have lost family, their homes. They're having to go to places and have nothing uh, except for the clothes on their back. And yet these are Christians, these are people who who completely trust him, have a faith that works when it doesn't make any sense. That's the kind of faith Jesus is looking for. That's a faith that pleases him. That's a faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. They wouldn't bow down to, to, uh, to the king's statue. And they were threatened with being thrown into the, the fiery furnace. And those three Hebrew boys told the king, there is a God we believe in a God who delivers. He has the ability to deliver us from the fiery furnace. And even if he doesn't, king, we are going to continue to believe that God is. My friend, God has a reason for the delay in your life. 
You've been praying about something. You've been asking God to deliver. You've been asking him for a breakthrough, that a, a restoration of a relationship. I, I don't know what it is. But God wants you to exercise faith. That you believe that he is, he is there for you when you can't see him. You keep following him. Keep persisting. Don't give up. Let's pray. Where are you at this morning? Are you about ready to give up? Do you feel depleted? God's not answering. You want an experience like these two blind men? God may do that. He might perform a miracle. But he may just give you the faith to persevere, to endure the crisis, the storm, the difficulty. Don't give up. Don't give in. He is there. You stay obedient and faithful. He's working. He's always at work. The prophet Habakkuk was was complaining to God, God, why aren't you doing things? The, The Chaldeans are about ready to destroy us. God answered Habakkuk and says, I've been working all along. And I've been working through the Chaldeans to bring about my justice. God's at work. God's here. God wants you to display faith. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. Not every story was a supernatural deliverance. Yet in every event, God, you wanted your children to exercise faith, to be totally dependent on you. You know the situations of many in this room and the traditions venue this morning. Some are facing great difficulty and they don't know what their tomorrow holds. But I thank you that God, that you're the God of tomorrow and you will be there with them. God, help them have a faith that believes a faith that that works that gives evidence of the fact that God we trust you
thank you, Father, for this time we've had with you and in your word this morning. May you use it in the life of each person. We pray in Christ's name. Would you stand with me, please?